Welcome to Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about the Mi'kmaq people and the Halibut First Nation. I'm Glenn Wheeler. This week, we have two items, and at first glance, they might seem unconnected. We'll be hearing about a project currently in a way by Halibut, in which stories are being collected to add to an interactive map of Newfoundland communities. Click, and you'll be able to hear the Mi'kmaq name, but also personal history related to that area. And we're speaking with Chief Mazel Joe of the Miabugag First Nation as a follow-up to our coverage last week on the return from Scotland of the remains of Damastowit and Unasabasit. Some listeners referred to the Beothic as extinct. Not so fast, says Chief Joe. There is anecdotal evidence that Beothic people intermarried with Mi'kmaq people. And there is DNA evidence underway that may prove that connection, he says. We heard about some of that research in episode 33 of Mi'kmaq Matters. As the chief says, there is so much we don't know. That's true of the relationship between Mi'kmaq and Beothic, but also true of our own Mi'kmaq history. For many of us, our history was hidden, and many of the people who can tell us about it are now in the spirit world. That has political implications also. How are we to claim legal title to our land when so much of the history is being lost to us? We'll hear later from Nicole Travers of Halapu First Nation, who's overseeing the story project, part of the ongoing traditional land use study. But first, Chief Bazel Joe. More than anyone, it's he who has made it possible for Damastowit and Nonasabasit to make the journey back to their Beothic homeland. But what should be an occasion for celebration has been used to underline the tragedy in the Beothic story, the assumption that they are extinct. I asked the chief what he thinks of the extinction talk. Well, I'm not sure that if that's, uh, they're extinct or not. When you look at uh, what, what the Mi'kmaq people are going through at this day, when you go back so many generations, and I'm sure there are people in Newfoundland that are somehow related to the Biotic people, how much uh, of uh, a blunt quantum there is, and I'm not sure. But that's certainly something that the DNA can prove. And we know that people, being people, there are often interconnections, uh, relationships, which produce children, and yep. the history goes. That's just human beings being human beings. Yes. So now that uh, now that the Biotic remains are on the way back, uh, will this... Uh, put a fire under this uh, this project to do the DNA analysis because we've always we've talked about it for some time but will this be the um, the, the launching pad for that project? I, I don't think so. I think that's already been done and is ongoing without those uh, two remains. Uh, as far as I understand uh, a group at Mon have already did some work and is on work that's ongoing. So, you know, those remains, uh, I don't think, have any bearing on that one way or the other. Hmm. I don't think there's any need to take DNA from them because that's, we already have remains in Newfoundland that's at, uh, 
at MUN and at the rooms, as I understand. Yes. And are you aware of what that, uh, if they have any findings from that research? Nothing that's conclusive at this stage. Again, I'm just guessing, but nothing conclusive at this stage. Hmm. So um, we're still waiting for, uh, I guess, a more definitive answer on uh, whether there's a relationship between Beothic and, and Mi'kmaq in particular. Well, all we have at this stage is oral history that says very much so that there was an marriage between the two groups. And even in our own communities, uh, it's well known that uh, through oral history that there was a connection, and also connection not only with the Mi'kmaq people, but also connection with non-Aboriginal people too as well, the uh, you know, Europeans, and mm-hmm. MRI would be other people. And I suppose in, in your part of uh, the island, you were, I guess there was more likely to be a connection between uh, Mi'kmaq people and the Beothic because you were kind of more or less on the same territory. Well, not necessarily so. Uh, you know, I, you know, again, Beothic um, people, Mi'kmaq people lived at one time, you know, according to our oral history, that they all lived together at, uh, on Sandy Point somewhere on, in, on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. And um, and they were traveling from, again, going back from as far as I can determine, from coast to coast. I mean, they went from, um, you know, the Hicksport Bay all the way back to as far as they can go. And at one time, uh, I'm sure they were traveling all the, all of that route, water route. Mm-hmm. So there was, and, and people went inland from the West Coast and uh, Mi'kmaq people. And uh, also there's uh, bass that was, uh, you know, prevalent too on the West Coast and intermarried with Mi'kmaq people. And who's to say they didn't marry, intermarry with Biotic people too as well. There's so much work that we need to be have done at this stage to find out all those things. But chances are when people were traveling uh, back and forth through the country, they would have happened upon each other. Um, oh, absolutely. On the way to, you know, to on the way to the coast or on the way uh, inland, depending on the time of year, I suppose. Well, absolutely. I mean, there was there was a sort of a unwritten boundary line between the Mi'kmaq people and the Beati people. And uh, at times there was fights that broke up between the two groups, which is not uh, unheard of. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are still fighting now all over the world. Yes. But, uh, you know, uh, it's like blocking a road to uh, your door to a grocery store. Says, uh, somebody else was on your on your doorstep blocking you from getting food, and there was a fight. Yes. That would happen today, yes. in modern day times. Yes. But it's not to say that there was a friendly uh, exchange to the world. Certainly in the later years of their, of their life in Newfoundland, uh, that there was a, more of a, an acceptance and, uh, and a, a need to protect by our people for them. Chief Mazel Joe. If you go to the Halibut website, you can find an interactive map that has the English name for dozens of communities across the island, along with the Mi'kmaq translation and pronunciation. Now, there is an extra layer of material being added to the map, stories and pictures from those places. It's meant to make the locations more vivid and to capture memories before they're forgotten. Nicole Travers is overseeing the stories project and she told me about it. As I know, there was interesting information that trickled down about Mi'kmaq place names and um, 
the individuals who were working on it at the time kind of made note of it, like, oh, this is interesting, and this is interesting, and hmm, I wonder, maybe we should start compiling a list. So then there was the Place Names Project that, that kind of derived out of these initial uh, land use studies um, with the side notes of the, um, the place names. Um, and then when that project was in itself wrapped up, which is actually a, considered a living document. I mean, there's always um, room for uh, additions and corrections or it's there's room to grow, room to mm -hmm. add, room to grow, room to correct. I mean, nobody is perfect in, in, in anything that they do, and but uh, there was an amazing amount of work put into it, and it's, I think it's a, an amazing resource. Um, now, with along with the place names, uh, the storytelling kind of falls into that. We wanted to turn it into, or they wanted to turn it into, um, more of an interactive map than it is now. It's currently, um, if you log on to it and you, you click on a location, you get um, the English place name, the Mi'kmaq spelling, then the Mi'kmaq word or the place name said uh, with a an individual from Nova Scotia, a woman's voice, and then a man's a local man's dialect from here in the Mi'kmaq pronunciation, uh, and said three times in each recording. So what we wanted to add to it was either a picture of the location. It could have been something more recently, or uh, a picture from years ago that maybe somebody visited or would live there, etc. cetera. Uh, if it's not a picture, it could be a story, and it could be a personal story that happened to you, or maybe um, you used to visit there yourself. Um, I gave an example in a previous interview that my mother used to go to Grand Lake with her father and her family, and they would go for a week or so at a time, and they'd be fishing and, and camping and stuff in the middle of summer in a canoe that my grandfather made. So it could be just a simple a simple mm -hmm. story like that. Maybe you have a bit of a tall tale that, that's been passed down, you know, within the community that uh, you'd like to share with it. It's, I guess it's more along the lines of keeping uh, the oral traditions alive and active. It's yes, and getting the information while we still have people who can give us the information. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, so, so the so the uh, the story project has kind of evolved out of this, uh, and people can go online and look at the map. As yes. you say, it's uh, it's yes. you you can go to your your place, click, and here the um, and the Mi'kmaq pronunciations are are done slowly too, so you can sort of uh, pick it up. Yes. Um, yes. So it's so it's very useful. So, mm -hmm. uh, what's what's the response been to your request for? Stories have people been coming uh, I, to you with have, with stories? Yes, they have. I have been contacted um, and sharing some information coming from areas that are quite surprising. Like on Fogo Island, there was a um, a name that's been, I'll say, anglicized, and I never knew of it, and I've never seen it in any of the notes previously. But um, it was. And it's just referring to uh, a pile of rocks in the uh, in an area on Fogo Island, and they, I believe they call it Kalibu. Or but it's, this individual that I I had conversed with had said, yeah, he said he'd gone to um, he had heard through the grapevine that it was a a Mi'kmaq word, and 
it's just been anglicized. They don't. I don't think the locals know where it came from. This is now. This is what I'm receiving. So mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I'm only getting it secondhand, I guess. But like, that's a new bit of information that I'd love to add to the map. And but. Um, so the thought then is that people eventually will be able to go onto the map, the interactive map. They'll be able to click. They'll hear the. Um, the name of the uh, place uh, in Mi'kmaq, they'll hear the Mi'kmaq pronunciation, and they'll also be able to hear a story about that uh, place. Yes, yes, like if they have a story they want to share. So if, if I'm talking to, like yourself right now, this phone, this interview is, a, uh, is uh, via the phone. If you're not local, that's fine. I can contact you via the phone. We can do a recording. There's all, there's uh, the legalities of everything. I mean, there's waivers and things that we would run through first, but... Um, you're willing to share the story that it is made public for other people to hear and listen to and learn from. Um, there's things. Right. Can, so if, you, if you're yeah. Burgio, for example, you don't have to drive the Burgio Highway to Cornerbrook yeah. to tell your story. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm available like through email and the phone. I mean, if you're here in the, the local area, great, fantastic. Come in, give me a call. We'll meet up. Um, I can come to your place type thing. You can come to the office. And it's uh, it's not limited to the um, west coast, south coast, like up the northern peninsula, across into central, anywhere on the island itself. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. And um, so you're, I guess you're coming towards the end of the uh, project now. So how long do people have to uh, get to you? before well, you uh, close it down? Well, uh, the project report has to be completed and submitted, so it has to be finished uh, at the end of March. So over the next couple of weeks, I'd love to be hearing from some mm-hmm. uh, additional people who want to share share some stories or even experiences, a little bit of information, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, it can be something that could evolve down the road as well. So if, if, if they don't meet the deadline, I mean, we'll submit the report and we'll close the project up, but like the place names map, I would like to feel that um, if somebody really wanted to share some information or, or have something they'd like to contribute to it, it's always going to be open. Nicole Travers. If you have a story, you can reach Nicole at ntravers at halibu.ca. That's N-T-R-A-B-E-R-S. And you can find that map at halibu.ca forward slash community hyphen engagement. And that's it for the show. Allison Baker is the technical producer of Mi'kmaq Matters. Celebration time used with the permission of Mi'kmaq artist Marcus Goss. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Listen to Mi'kmaq Matters on Bay of Islands Radio. In Norris Point and Rocky Harbor, tune in on The Voice of Bombay. And in St. John's, catch us on CHMR. I'm Glenn Wheeler. Till next time.